0: Real news. All right. Welcome, everyone, to the Tory Sess Show. I'm your host, Tori. And today <laughs> is a Throwback Thursday. Throw back the boomerang. Throw back <laughs> the poop that they've been throwing in our faces all along, all this time, throughout time. And it's, and it's pretty exciting, right, guys? I, you have to admit, it is very, very exciting because now is where, you know, the, the pants are down. You sat there, you claimed it, you owned it, you said it, you told the world that there was collusion. You told the world that this was a reality. You told the world and it wasn't true and it wasn't true. And now you're going to have to pay the piper. So I thought that today we should start the show with, uh, you know, some really upbeat music, because I'm really feeling it. Now, before we get to the song, I just want to tell you, we're going to be talking about What's happening in Texas, what we're waiting to see with the release of these transcripts and what I'm most excited about. Uh, Also, uh, there was a poll that was done on Twitter, and believe it or not, wow, I don't know how it came to, but, you know think i may have cracked the algorithm uh just by seeing the way it behaved and the way the numbers were resulted and you know i use base 60 math and the results of uh uh, you know what we saw come out were 31 49 45 that was the base 60 mathematics of the total of one hundred fourteen thousand five hundred eighty five votes and those ratios speak for themselves so um We'll talk all about that for now. Let's just enjoy this amazing song. So it is. It is the final countdown. Oh my gosh. That's the final countdown of, huh, poor Democrat party. And you know what is pretty incredible is that it's um, 1,202 days uh, since uh, President Trump was sworn in. 1202. And uh, <laughs> I just wanted to mention that. I just thought that would be kind of important because as we're seeing, there are shots being fired from each and every side, uh, for different reasons. It's uh, pretty incredible when you think about it. I mean, we have so much going on that our head is spinning. Do we look at the redacted memos outlining the scope of the Mueller investigation, showing you that it was completely out of scope? Do we look at all the stuff that chip was sitting on? Do we look at who he wiretapped? Who he bribed? Who the FBI and the DOJ were working with in order to find something to entrap? Do we look at North Korea and uh, the unification of the Korean Peninsula? Do we look at China, who's suffering right now and we're not holding back? Do we look at the mainstream media that is literally burning do we look at the algorithms that we are trying to crack in order to figure out what they're doing in these trapdoors when they're p- pushing elections? Do we look at the artificial intelligence being employed, deployed, sorry. Do we look at the fact that Governor Doug Burgum of North Dakota decided to stop having DNA harvesting parties because he thinks he's going to lose the election if he continues on that path? Do we look at them? trying to keep us in the house, wear your mask, stay where you are. Do we look at judges throwing you in jail because you exercised your First Amendment right and now disrespect is a crime that warrants imprisonment? Do we look at, what else do we look at? I mean, guys, flies have a lot of eyes, right? Even if you had the number of eyes a fly has, you still can't keep your eye on every single ball. Now, can you? Our heads are literally spinning. Oh, and in the meantime, we have social media Gestapo's first carving out anyone who may be related to or uh, promoting or. Subscribing or discussing or observing anything that has to do with the QAnon move. I mean, come on, Facebook, Twitter. We all know that quantum tech that you can't control because you can't have it, neener, neener, is what bothers you the most. And it's like, we're just not servers in an entirety. So then we have them Gestapoing their way through. While we have them already hijacking our Pacific underwater cables allowed to by the FCC. I mean, come on guys. How can our president, how can our president even see half of the stuff that's going on? He can't. And consider that he has, let's pretend 10 people that keep their eye on the ball for him because he can't be everywhere at once. Right? I mean, I say it even in my own personal life, you guys. If I had 10 clones, I still wouldn't have enough time for myself. So imagine the president right now, how he is. That's what people need to think of. Like what is really going on here is pretty incredible. And, uh, you know, unfortunately a lot of people don't seem to understand it at all. They seem to think, well, you know, no, it's up to you. You know, when historians would tell us events about the past, they would talk about battles and these big pictures, right? You know, Harriet Tubman was a hero, right? But there was someone that bought her shoes. There was someone that helped Harriet Tubman get to where she was. We never, ever, ever, ever talk about the unsung heroes that are part of these battles, part of these wars that shape history. Never. You never hear about it. Ever ever. And these people that are part of these wars are average common people, just like you and I. And all those people's stories matter. Your struggle and your story, your tweet matters. It matters a lot because leaders cannot keep track of all of this. They can't. They can't. Because if it wasn't for you, If it wasn't for me, if it wasn't for us, we the people doing what we are doing, our leaders would not be successful in getting things done. So it is important before we start with our news today that each and every one of you should be proud of every single thing you have done. Each and every one of you should support those that are putting the time and the effort to be the eyes for the leader, to be the appendage that he needs, our leader, the one that we elected to release us from these invisible, invisible chains, right? We have to support each other a hundred percent because one of the greatest lessons you can ever learn from history is that common people, ordinary people are the ones that do the most extraordinary things because a leader is not there without the men and women that support him or her and they are unsung heroes, completely unsung. You know why? Because all of you know that what our president is accomplishing is something so huge so enormous, so grand that you know that you're part of this bigger thing to make the world better, to make America great again, because everything you're doing, it's the simple thing. You know, how how many times have you sat down in an office, uh, you know, working? I'm just saying for the office workers, how many times have you been in your office and you're like, pounding through and you're just like focused and then somebody comes along and slides a sandwich and a coffee next to you seriously and you know if they hadn't done that you would have stopped your flow thought you wouldn't have finished your project and they just gave it to you and said please don't worry about this necessity of needing that caffeine to go forward I got you how many truck drivers out there have um you know Felt really, really tired and, you know, because I know people that used to drive overseas contractors and they would tell me when they would have long distances over nations to travel that they always had this one person that they would turn to for company to discuss if they were nodding off or weren't feeling so they could be alert and, you know, and, 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 and engaged. That person that's engaging you so you can complete your mission to go from here to there is just as much as a hero as you getting to your destination, right? That person that slid you, that sandwich slid you, that cup of coffee is just as important as you finishing that project, that assignment or anything. Okay. This is something we need to understand. And when people come together in unity for one common goal, which right now is to make America great again, to to release us from these invisible chains that have been stacked and stacked and stacked, willingly, keep in mind, willingly on us, we all chip in together. Because it's not just for us. It's for the children that you're going to leave behind, your grandchildren going forward. It's those heroes like you, like all of us, that dared to, I mean, I mean I'm not going to say die. I mean, there are many people, you know, we can, uh, you know, say a lot of names that have been sung and some that are very unsung that you don't know, that have died, that have lost everything, their homes, they're financially broken. Some of them are homeless. Some of them are couch surfing, you know, they lost everything. They dared to do that so that way they can make sure that their children and their children's children will live free. So I want you guys to take that moment today and pat yourself on the back for those of you that have, you know, contributed to this operation, because like I told you, there is so much going on. You can't keep your head focused on one because there's just so much. So much. How do you keep it? Think he's one man. One man surrounded by, let's say, 10 people. And out of the 10 people, only three are really looking out for him. Because only three of them are willing to die to leave their future for their children and their children's children a better place. I'm just saying. I'm not saying that they're going to literally die. But we do know a few that have died. Tim Cunningham. Right? Right? He died. Cunningham died. Filing a whistleblower report. Azar's pharmaceutical guy beat himself to death in front of his house. Remember that. There are a lot of people that have lost a lot. General Flynn lost his freedom, his money, his house, his retirement, his reputation. (laughs) Roger Stone. Papadopoulos lost 10 days in jail. So many people. And guess who's thriving, the sellouts, the ones that are on top of you because they will break you. I mean, right now uh, on, on, on my website, I have the article about the fudging of the polls. I have the article uh, based on the Texas judge. I have the article, did Brennan kill Michael Hastings, have him killed? Mm, I, that's like the, 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 actual title that I'm working with, but I say, did Brennan have anything to do with the death of Michael Hastings? Let's ask Peter Strzok. So I've got that in the motion. I've got an expose on an NBC reporter, three Fox (laughs) people that have shows. So much juggling. The reports on this, you know, like I said, one of the most interesting things that I want to see is, you know, what JD was saying right what is what did jd say because jd gordon let me tell you something he was in the navy he was a pao you know what that is public relations who else is a pao on the internet navy intel officer that sits there and tells you what to think just think think what are their jobs so these are the the, the little there's so much that i'm working on at one time you have to wonder What am I neglecting? You know what I'm neglecting? Time for me. And all of you are neglecting time for you. I don't think I remember the last time I sat down and ate something. I mean, it's not like I need eating. Okay. I'm locked in. Super chunky. It's good. But you know what I'm saying, right? Because – between work family and all of this and all of you as well those of you that don't write articles you're still there researching because you want to know and you want to voice your opinion and make it louder i get it how what have you sacrificed i mean you know, for me, I have to sacrifice hours that I could probably, you know, I just fit in the hours. I know a lot of you have sent me messages. What are you doing up so late? And it's like, well, I've got to put in my hours to work. So I'll pick up the night, you know, phone calls in case someone gets arrested or they fly into this country and they need someone, uh, because I don't have it during the day cause I'm busy doing other things. And I think it's more important because what's the point of me helping out all these agencies if there's no agency later, it's just, a communist nation i i I think of it that way and you know all of you think of it that way too i mean how many of you have gone to the bathroom without your cell phone be honest with yourself okay like seriously right how many of you have given yourself five minutes a piece we're always on no 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 well the final countdown is here and this month Everything is blooming. We have sowed the seeds. The flowers are coming out. The trees have set roots and you know, it's just taking its course now and it's pretty exciting to see, but you should also be terrified because if the, so if we have sown the seeds and the blooming is happening, you better believe it that they will pull off anything to stop this or at least gut it so it doesn't continue. This is where this is where it becomes dangerous. This is where the attacks intensify—not attacks just on silencing you and l- ripping out your tongue, right? But attacks, like real attacks. You know, I, I, uh, someone retweeted my tweet and said, "Coats before D class." You know, it was. Years ago, where Coates was the DNI, and he sat there at the cybersecurity conference, and I'm going to look for that clip. And he laughed at our president. On a global stage, he mocked our president. And I thought to myself, "Jesus, no one standing next to the president saw this? No one said, "Hey, President Trump, this guy just mocked you on a global st- Ooh." I was like, "Mm -hmm." see, Coates is a problem. Coates is a very big problem, but he's not the biggest one. So you have to understand why Pelosi met with her lawyer this week. Why they haven't, you know, um, come to work this week. Right. Why haven't they come to work? Think about it. Why haven't they come to work? Oh, coronavirus? Do you really think it's coronavirus? Because the other, the Senate is, is at work, right? Except for some of them that want to televise. That's the thing. See, we're not looking at what the facts are telling us. We're talking ourselves out of what the facts are telling us. See, in my article about McChrystal, I told you that I pointed out laws of advocating to overthrow the government, seditious activities, and treason. We should lock them all up, all of them, but we can't. Not like that. Oh my gosh. It would be awesome. To get rid of them. But like I said, you know, unfortunately, unfortunately, the president doesn't have people like you or I standing next to him and saying, just got it. Fire the janitor, the secretary, the post-it order lady, everybody just fire them. Fire them all. There's, there's 300 million Americans, a job pool that's massive where you can hire. And you'll know which one will actually do the job. And you will be able to predict, you know. Who's corrupt because you got the quantum tech to do it. So why don't you just fire everyone? I don't care if you've been there 30 years sweeping the floors. You're still out because your eyes and your ears saw something and you said nothing. I don't care about the clerk sitting next to Judge Jackson who sat there, knew that the jury pool was corrupt. The clerk did too. Everybody did too. Nobody spoke up. What about ch jealous? Ooh, you're treasonous, General Flynn. How dare you? Are you not going to try him for treason? Oh, really? All of those around you knew it. You knew it. Yet you said it. Super fired up today I am because I'm really PO'd. I'm P.O.ed because it's coming out and it's not even all of it. It's certain transcripts and people are like, oh, that's it. You don't see Brennan on there. You don't see Comey on there. You don't see Strzok on there. You don't see names you don't know about on there yet. And that's because it's going to come different. And you know, if I, you know, was, uh, you know, general friends lawyer, I would totally ask for communications between JD Gordon and the FBI and the DOJ regarding the Kislyak phone calls. That would be fun, super fun.
1: The forgotten men and women of our country will be forgotten no longer. The time for empty talk is over. Now arrives the hour of action. From this day forward, A new vision will govern our land. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. Every decision will be made to benefit American workers and American families. America will start winning again, winning like never before. I will fight for you with every breath in my body, And I will never, ever let you down. Do not allow anyone to tell you that it cannot be done. No challenge can match the heart and fight and spirit of America. We will not fail. Our country will thrive and prosper again. Your voice, your hopes, and your dreams will define our American destiny.
4: Hi, I'm Laura Loomer and I'm running for Congress in Florida's 21st Congressional District. Wouldn't it be horrible if we lived in a nation where journalists were silenced just because they confronted the political and media elite? You might think that could never happen in America, but it did, and to me. For confronting people like Hillary Clinton on her corruption and Ilhan Omar for her ties to radical Islamic terror groups, I have been banned on pretty much every single social media platform. And if that doesn't sound extreme enough, I'm also banned on Uber and Lyft. I know, I cannot understand that last one either. When this all happened to me, I contacted the media and members of Congress. I asked them for help. I kept calling, I kept emailing, but I never received a reply. And that's when it hit me. I'm a well-known journalist who has the phone numbers of the most powerful people in politics and media, yet I couldn't get any assistance. What on earth would the average American do if the same thing happened to them? I realized then that if I wanted to see change that I would need to run for office. The American people deserve representation that listens to and acts on their concerns. So here I am running for Congress in Florida's 21st congressional district because the American people deserve a voice and a representative who, like President Trump, will keep the promises they make and speak up loudly and clearly for that silent majority.
0: All right. Welcome back, everyone. So we're all like super fired up. We're waiting for it. It's like you're on your end, the edge of your seat and you're just like, Oh my God, this is like so awesome. And now we have, uh, you know, a tweet with a list, um, with, um, you know, all these names of all these clowns, uh, transcripts that they're going to release. And I, and I say clowns in a very loose way because some of them are not clowns. And I would have to say that All of these names that you see, 53 of them, very specific number because we're missing uh, a bunch, is um, we're missing key names. I mean, (laughs) I'm sorry. I don't want to laugh out loud. But so this was all about this Russia collusion, right? And he sat on all of these. So why would he sit on Ben Rhodes's testimony? Why would he sit on Lynch's? So if Lynch's testimony, well, that one specifically, which is October 20th, 2017, we know that she testified behind closed doors prior to that. And we still don't have those transcripts, right? It was in the spring. So let's get that. Let's get that straight. So Even though we see some names, not all of their testimony is there. So, what we need to like look at, okay, is who's there and what's going to be happening, right? If these are being released, it means that they're not affecting any pending ongoing investigations. That's first of all, right? These are simply to show the world who the Democrats really are. To show the world that even with just these few, because there are so many more, they lied. 53 transcripts and all of them showing they lied. I mean, they, uh, you know, questioned, you know, pedophile Podesta twice, right? Six months apart. Didn't they? Mm Mm-hmm. Steve Bannon twice, back to back. They had to come up with a follow-up after a month. These are little things. Corey Lewandowski, you know, two months apart, we needed to get him, right? They needed something. They needed something. You know what? Here's the thing. What we're going to see is just how they've been trying to cover their tracks for forever and a day forever in a day because the problem that um you know the the democrats had was the ratification uh, of agreements and amendments we made to the Ukraine in January and March of 2017. That seemed to muck up, uh, you know, the waters. And see, that was the dumb part of them. Is that the minute there was a little wrench that they could have taken care of pretty easily thrown in. They went head first to block it. So think of it this way. If someone throws a a grain of sand at me, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to look and be like, whatever. If someone takes a boulder at me, I'm going to throw a mountain back. Right? So if what we did shouldn't have affected them and it should have been sand and the response was throwing, you know, a mountain back at us, what does that tell you? I got something to hide. I've got something to hide. Why would you use a missile to kill a fly? It's just dumb. Unless that fly wasn't really a fly and it was a super threat. Or if that fly hmm, was your honeypot. So this should be coming out as well. I mean, there are so many aspects to this. I mean, how do you start? How do you finish? It's it's so incredible. And this is where all these people fall in. Like, how do you tell the story? Because I'm sure... That there's not one person, <laughs> so not not one human person that can sit there and tell you the story the way it is, like, oh, and then this happened. And then so they went down this rabbit hole and then this happened. Because I'm pretty sure that every single, you know, conservative, every single Republican, every single God-fearing, America-loving human being that is looking at this, it's like dude, where do I start? Like, there's like, okay, we got this collusion hooks. The minute you enter that door, it's like, pick which door do you want to go through? Door one to infinity. That's how many different routes these Democrats took. Because every time we would kind of knock on this one, 20 other doors would open. And it's so intricate. And so it's insane. It's not even there. You would think it would be perfect chaos, but it's not. They all come back together. There's a convergence. It's like distributing fractional voting. There's a convergence in the end uh, where it all makes sense. And here's where that all starts to make sense. Because their actions, their responses, their false flags, their statements, their grandstanding, their, their everything all has a purpose. And this purpose is coming into focus for everyone. 35 minutes ago, we had Nancy Pelosi. She's wearing a scarf, um, obviously, one of her nice uh, silky scarves. Um, And she's talking to the press. I want you guys to hear her speak.
5: Next, we talk about saving the lives and the livelihood of the American people and, and of course the life of our democracy. So in terms of saving lives, the only way we're going to have uh, rid ourselves of this, as well as open up our economy, uh, is evidence, science-based testing, testing, testing. Testing, tra- just think of the T's. Testing, tracing, treatment.
0: And- Not if the other three T's, time traveling, Tori, have to say anything about it. Testing, testing, testing. DNA, DNA, DNA. We need your DNA.
5: Isolation then when necessary of course, with social distancing. But in terms of the legislation of what we can um, legislate and fund, testing will be a very major part of this. We need a national strategy uh, to do so. Uh, I think it's long overdue. Our first bill, March 4th, was testing, testing, testing.
0: DNA, DNA, DNA.
5: But it really didn't produce, it didn't come through in terms of policy. Our last, most recent, not last, but most recent bill uh, the interim uh, bill signed a week or so ago by the president is uh, is about twenty five billion dollars for testing that 's not enough but it 's what we could get and uh
0: 25 billion for testing see let me let me now talk about this on uh, North Dakota DNA harvesting party so I wrote that article this weekend and they were full speed ahead uh, you know I had put the videos in there they were like look you know the National Guard is gonna come you're gonna get this ticket it's gonna look like you're going through an airport QR code is like super boom we'll just test you and that's it and we'll put you on the citizen registry right that was the spiel uh, come you know this week you know Monday right after that article went see this is how we all work together together together. Word got out. People are like, what are you crazy? You're not only wanting to track me, but you want to swab my DNA and stick it in a registry. Are you kidding Doug Burgum? Who the heck do you think you are? That is exactly what was stated by many people. They were like, dude, if you're downloading an app, eliminate me. So he just realized that he's going to lose his election because he wants to get reelected. Right? Elections are just a few months away. I can't have people, you know, thinking of me as Emperor Burgum. Uh, Yes, they can. And they will not forget because North Dakotans better not be dumb enough to not remember that it was their speaking that stopped him from doing DNA harvesting parties. Your DNA is so identical just to you. It is so specific just to you that no one can pretend to be you. They actually upload your DNA as a code. Again, 36 digits. This is very important. 36 digits for their AI system where they compile everything from drones and your tracking and your DNA and your health records, student records, you know, property records, tax records, all in one. And then they know exactly where you are, when you are, how you are, what you do, every little aspect of your life. They control you. Because if they want you to make X, Y, Z decision, they already know, Hey Joe, I know everything there is to know about you. And if I want you to vote this way for me, I'm going to make sure I'm going to drop $500 this way because that kind of, that's the up and about amount that can sway you money wise. Or what I'll do is I'll send two people to talk to you about something about this, because I know that'll get you thinking to like this. And then it'll make you think like, yeah, I need to vote that way. See, that's how well they'll know you. Oh, and if you're too much of a problem, oh, aren't you the one that gets, you know, um, uh, I don't know, um, let me think, let me think, let me think. Um, this, you know, a blood thinner, sir. Every 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 month, you know, you get a blood thinner medication from your pharmacy. I'll just make sure the concentration's a little bit more lethal because you're causing me a problem right now. And you're going to be like, Tori, that's far-fetched. Totally is, but... Everything else has been far-fetched so far. You put it under them. They do it in your face. They're telling you in your face. They're telling you to believe women. And now it's only women that don't go against Democrats. You know, so you think they'll be like, well, you know, maybe the medication didn't agree with him. I guess personalized medicine doesn't work. But it does work to eliminate political dissidents. Oh, wait a minute. You disrespected me. You're going to jail. That's not a crime. Um, totally is because I said so. So everything is for a reason. Because this is how you have control. Because if one too many people go to the pharmacy and get bad medication and they all happen to be, I don't know, Trump-like supporters or patriots, have you seen what Google says a patriot stands for? Look at the definition when you type in patriot. It's bigot, racist, white nationalist. What? Yes, This is how they're conditioning you. And here we have Nancy Pelosi demanding that you hand over your DNA. But I want to say to all my listeners, to all my readers, thank you for waking up North Dakota, because if it wasn't for your ability to put that message out, to start that conversation, to ensue that conversation, that state would have been tits up. And you know what? Everything has been planned for a long time. All you have to do is look at the flag of the state of North Dakota and look at the slogan of the state of North Dakota's flag, which is out of many now one and just look at it and it makes perfect sense. History tells us that and history again today, it should be a day of the unsung heroes of this movement because you know, where we go on, we are going to go all right. If we, if one of us heads down the path of the Democrats and there's tons of ones of them, then we're all going to go down that path, aren't we? So if we want the path of freedom, all of us consciously, singularly have to make that decision to walk toward that light, toward that pathway. Now let's, uh, take a listen to what else, um, you know, nervous, nasty Nancy has to say.
5: Uh, we need to do much more. Whether we're talking about testing, tracing, treatment, etc., we have to do it in the most ethical way that everybody, when we hear, oh, the disproportionate number of people dying people, among people of color, well, we want to get to them sooner, to test, to trace, so we can save lives and, and not uh, recognize uh, that there is a, a path that is better than the one we're on in this regard. So that will be a major part of this. And with the testing and the tracing and and the um, treatment that we will have to have a a, a core of people to be uh, going out there, culturally appropriate, linguistically appropriate, and the rest of that, into communities uh, to trace. More on that perhaps in a moment. Then the third part, honor our heroes, state and local, Open up government, testing, testing, testing. Science, that's the key to opening up government. And third, putting money in the pockets of the American people. And again, this, the heartache that is out there. Uh, one mom reported, what did she, reported that, that um, the moms reported that one in four children, I mean, this has been something is my motivation for being in politics, how children, Brookings uh, research from Brookings reported that one in five mothers say their children are not getting enough food, three times the rate during the Great Depression. So, in addition to putting money in people's pockets, direct payments, unemployment insurance, some other uh, uh, tax credits, etc., we really also need to put food on the table. We have, we had. Uh, SNAP in the first bill, and the last three bills, they wouldn't accept SNAP. We have to have... We have to have SNAP. When I was hungry, you fed me. I mean, what is it that... Why is that a mystery? Uh, the American people know it. The food banks are overwhelmed. And we have to have uh, a, a significant increase in SNAP in there. So, again, um, We try to do this as much as possible in a bipartisan way. Republican and Democratic governors and mayors across the country support what we're doing uh, with the uh, state and local honoring our heroes. These people risk their lives to save other people's lives and they may now lose their jobs. It's just not right. We'll probably have some kind of, uh, well I won't go into the whole bill here because I have to. Get the agreement of my caucus, but those are the broad categories that we will be working in. And among within them, uh, our appropriations piece will address the postal service and things like that. So that's kind of a a taste of uh, uh, what our discussions are. But very important for you to know the priorities. And in all the bills, uh, we had some element of this of testing of state and local of distribution of funds. So this is no departure from where we went before. The, um, there's so many other things going on uh, in all of this and that is that, uh, uh, as you have seen, imagine in this time of the coronavirus and all the apprehension that comes with it in terms of access to health care. that the president has said uh, that he's all out uh, to make the case in court. Now, mind you, the Affordable Care Act is the law of the land. Uh,
0: the ex- it was unconstitutional, not the law of the land. It was the law of, you know, the, uh, you know, agenda you guys had to, uh, you know, your new uh, America that you envisioned being part of the global conglomerate. That's what it was. It was unconstitutional. And this is why I've said, by the end of this presidency, We will have changed every single Supreme court judge that president Trump sworn in with, except for one, except for one. And so far we've done two. We've got a few more to go. I mean, one's helping us break out the others too. Executive branch's role is to protect and defend
5: the law of the land, except they are going against the law of the land. Okay. But let us let people know what that means in their lives. When there was a chance that they could only do pieces of the uh, 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 repeal of the Affordable Care Act, their top priority was to make sure that repeal of the uh, pre-existing condition... That's a lie. She just lied again. Pre-existing condition benefit means everything. The little... You've seen the little lobbyist here right on this rug. Little lobbyist born with some uh, challenge or or other...
0: She wanted to say little kids. She said little lobbyist. Yeah, so now the kids are lobbyists.
5: Existing condition for life. Anyone who, anyone, women, being a woman was considered a pre existing condition. Uh, no more. But you know the list of con- benefits that are in there. But I just want to focus on the fact.
0: I just want to tell you that this is being streamed through YouTube on Fox News. And you can see that she's dressed, the microphones are superimposed. Jesus, what is going on here?
5: That when they thought they had just a few, it was severable and they would go after a few provisions. Their focus was on ending the benefit of a pre-existing condition not being a barrier to ac- access to, to health care. Uh, so we had the briefings where we had a press conference, maybe somebody were on the call with Javier Becerra. I salute him uh, for taking the lead uh, against this... Um, Texas initiative, and now Trump initiative, to end uh, the access for 20 million people, as well as 125 or 50 million families.
0: 125, 125, 50 million families. Okay. New numbers, too.
5: Whose benefits were greatly uh, increased, essential benefits. But the president says no.
0: Actually, the president said, yes, like I can tell you from my, uh, you know, I uh, lost uh, my health insurance, uh, because I can't pay for it. And the federal government stepped up and said, okay, up until then, you don't have to pay, um, you know, premiums, you've got health insurance for the next six months, you're good to go. Um, And I have pre existing conditions, of course. And you know, your child is covered. Uh, We're here for you. So I I don't see how everyone lost theirs, because I lost Mine on April 1st, and uh, you know, uh, within a week, I had new health insurance uh, mailed to me. So, um, you know, I'm a little bit confused on where she's getting her facts.
5: So, that is a a bigger fight on health care. You would think at the time of the coronavirus, there'd be some sensitivity, some empathy uh, for people who have uncertainty about their own health care and their predisposition to something like this, and their ability at this time of economic uncertainty to be able to.
0: Well, with this economic uncertainty, I want to know why I haven't gotten my expanded UI since, you know, you made sure that it went through the unemployment uh, office rather than President Trump just cut me a check and send it to me. So I'm still waiting for that, Um, you know, uh, for the first time in a very long time, you know, myself filing head of household. I'm due, uh, you know, scraps for tax return, but apparently I'm not getting anything because no one's working at the IRS. So tell me again, Nancy, how you are looking after the little people. Cause I'm one of those little people. And a lot of you are one of those little people. So these are struggles that are real and she's talking for who, who is she representing? Who is she representing? I have no idea. Please. Feel free to tell me. Oh, and by the way, people were like, oh, you tweeted Judge Shelley Luther. And I'm like, no, Judge, comma, I missed the comma. Judge Shelley Luther says you're fired. Uh, That's what the tweet was, just to clarify. I missed a comma. See, commas do make a difference. And my editor, you know, and friend who has her birthday today, Haley Kennington, will tell me, told you, you and your stupid spacing and your commas, you don't know what you're doing. She's so right. Because I have no time to to, to prove sometimes. But listen to to, to what she's saying. What she's saying is pure fiction. Uh, And she doesn't even make sense. She made up her own numbers. 125, 50 million, you know, new numbers afford uh, health care.
5: Uh, there's so many other things, but with that, I will yield to you for questions. Let me, uh, Jennifer, I see we have a new system here. I, uh, this is new to me because uh, I only heard about it last night. I don't know where it came from, but I'll find out. Jennifer Haberkorn of Los Angeles Times. Hi, Jennifer. Oh, there you are. Oh, here we are.
0: <laughs> we can't hear her. Whoever
5: invented this, the sound is not working.
0: Whoever invented this? Guys, this woman has lost her mind. So we don't even need to listen to the questions. We're done. We heard enough of Nancy. Now let's go to Nancy State and listen to what they're telling you.
6: We are beginning a program today, which will certainly grow into something larger and larger, and that is a community contact tracing program. We've done contact tracing all along. That a contact is a person who's been exposed to someone that we document to have the COVID infection. When we find someone who has a COVID infection, those people are immediately isolated. But we also work with them to figure out who their contacts were. Uh, But the purpose of this program is to bring on people. We may bring on up to 50 or even more as the program grows and as we see the needs for it, as we do more testing, we will find more and more people who have COVID-19. And again, we'll isolate every one of them and we will find every one of their contacts and we will make sure that they stay quarantined and we'll check in with them every day. We're gonna do a more complete job and we're gonna do a more meticulous job of making it less and less possible for others in the county to run into someone with COVID-19 infection.
0: So that's the first minute of this two minute clip. Let me tell you what this doctor said that made absolutely, we're going to start. It's going to be larger and larger and larger. This community contact tracing. So when we find you and we document that you have COVID-19, then we're going to find and determine every single person you came in contact with. So we're going to pull out your phone records, find out where you went, what store you went and everything. Then we're going to go to those stores and we're going to pull facial recognition. So then anybody that we have on our databases, or that we know through facial recognition will find you. We're all going to find you. So we're going to have fifty to start with, and then we're going to get more as more people, uh, as more people test positive with COVID nineteen. Listen to this insanity, okay? This is what this doctor is telling you, okay? The contact. Remember. It all started with North Dakota, you guys. They're all using the same tactics. Remember that. So listen to what he says.
6: It's not just our county. There are going to be thousands of of people hired who will be these contact investigators throughout the state. And this is occurring in many, many other states as well, perhaps all of the states.
0: It's happening to all of the states. Yeah, listen to us, because everyone is going to be arrested and taken away because it's for your health. I'll see you in a bit right after this short break, guys. real news Welcome uh, back everyone to the Tory Seth show. This is the second hour and I wanted to start it off by telling you a little short story. So um Those of you that uh, have been listening to my radio show, following my reading and know me um, through my various interactions with you, either that be on social media or in person, know that, you know, I've always said my superpower was patterns because I understand math very well and that language. Everything else seems to be uh, easily decoded. So... When I decided that I wanted to use the tools and the methods that I was taught on how to uncover certain things that I left um, my twenty-four-seven career to expose because of what I for- I figured out there, or I I I wasn't sure. I was kind of like, man, this is like really far-fetched, like. Mm. I actually went back to school and, you know, science is based in math, language is based in math, music is based, everything has a foundation of mathematics. And I like to do math on a 60 base, right? A lot of people will uh, give you the uh, excuse that the reason that we change from a 60 base uh, system to a 10 base system is because we like to count on 10 fingers, uh, you know, when, you know, a human being supposedly had 10 fingers before, and that's not the case. So the patterns are easily recognizable, and you can suss out the rubbish real quick in concise manners, right? Kind of like if you stand up on the moon and look down, you can see hot spots, Like I've been telling you, it's a, it's a, it's a more macro view that gives you the same, uh, you know, answer. So for me, it's always taking what's in history and using the technology that I, that I have been, uh, influenced, um, biologically with, um, to, um, uh, be able to have a very, on-point predictive analyses. And, you know, they, you know, John Hopkins was very smart to find me at a young age and, and put me through all of this. And the U.S. government was always targeting uh, specific, uh, you know, um, qualities that, um, you know, children have. So one thing that I have said before is that these vaccinations are mundane, I've uh, called out people that I went to medical school how many times saying they're all losers because it's like they forgot, uh, you know, what they've been taught all these years. Um, And they're just going with it. They're just complacent. Let's just put it this way. It's all about self-preservation, all about self-preservation. So you have to think, what's the science behind this? Now, every single person that studies a certain area, you're a mechanic, you see everything mechanical. You're an epidemiologist, you see statistics and a little bit of bio. You're a virologist, immunologist. You see things from a, that perspective. But as a mathematician, which is what I called physicists too, right? They're all mathematicians, They're just different mathematicians. Everyone's a mathematician, no matter what kind of work you do, uh, math is part of it. So the thing is, it's called um, uh, being able to put the numbers together. One and one should equal two, right? It should not equal 1.7, 1.6, 1.9. It should equal two. So this hour, we're going to talk about math, but not so much math. So I'm going to start it off with this. I'm going to play a clip for you that just ran on CBS this morning in regards to the CDC director, Director Frieden, right? Frieden, Frieden, Tom Frieden told the congressional committee that there could be a hundred thousand coronavirus deaths in the United States by month's end. So then you have to think, how is that going to happen? Well, let them tell you, take a listen.
7: That's Dr. Tom Frieden says the fight against the coronavirus is just beginning. He told lawmakers yesterday the U.S. death toll could reach 100,000 by the end of this month. Right now, the death toll is a little over 74,000. Dr. Anthony Fauci was asked to testify at that hearing, but the White House said no to that. Dr. Frieden is the president and CEO of the initiative Resolve to Save Lives, which works to prevent epidemics. Good morning to you, Dr. Frieden. It's really good to see you. Listen, I know that you are not a man who is careless with his words. You have, good morning. You have tremendous expertise. You are not careless with your words. So what caused you to make that prediction yesterday? What are you seeing?
8: Unfortunately, the the numbers are uh, just inescapable. With so many infections of people in the past two to three weeks, uh, and the death rate that we're seeing among those infected, is just a, a calculation that tragically, the number of deaths will continue uh, for the next few weeks. The thing that concerns me even more is that bad as this is, we're just at the beginning. We still don't have widespread infection and if infection causes immunity, it really would be still a very small proportion of Americans who are protected. Therefore, the virus has essentially an open field run. What we have to do is restart the economy without rekindling the epidemic.
7: But Dr. Frieden, everybody seems to be working so hard to flatten the curve. Clearly, we're not doing enough. You have a, you have another plan. You have a better idea.
8: There are a couple of things we have to do. One is to make sure we do a better job protecting those most at risk, including in congregate facilities. That includes nursing homes, which are being devastated by this all over the country, prisons, all correctional facilities, homeless shelters. Meatpacking and other close quarters where people work—that um, that kind of context is resulting in explosive spread, and it doesn't stay there. It spreads into the community as well. But flattening the curve by staying at home is just one part of the equation of what we have to do. That's buying us time to build systems so we can protect our healthcare workers better, so we can box the virus in by testing, isolation, contact tracing, and quarantine. Those are the four steps of boxing the virus in, if we get all of them right, we can come out much more safely.
7: Yeah, yeah we always keep hearing about testing, testing, testing. Yesterday at the White House, the press secretary said, it's nonsensical, was, was her words, to get everyone tested. Because she said, listen, an hour later, the the results could change. An hour later, you could contact the virus. Does she have a point?
8: Testing is not a, a single thing. One th-
0: No, it isn't. We're collecting your DNA.
8: The things that I think we have to understand is this is a very complicated disease to fight. It requires a comprehensive approach. And And
0: I listen, this guy, I can't fault them. He's a guy that needs numbers and data in order to create statistics. So if a real epidemic does occur, he has the most data. And the best data is your DNA to show how much of our population would be vulnerable to this. How much of our population would be vulnerable to that, which I'm going to just hint to you. There's something coming in the future. Um, I will say maybe it's past my time. Who knows if I'll be around then. But after 2028 is where you are going to see something that they have been trying to prevent. It's like they know because they do.
8: Testing is one part of that approach. Currently, we don't have enough tests in this country, even for the highest priority people. But... Even without that, there's a lot we can do by improving isolation, ramping up contact tracing, and ensuring that contacts are quarantined. Also, thinking about how to re-engineer our environment so that there's less risk, fewer doors to open with our hands, ways to push elevator buttons without possibly getting contaminated.
0: Yeah, voice recognition. So now I'm going to have a voice print of yours in order for you to open the door or uh, you know get in that elevator because then it'll help with things like this.
6: In our country Um, we will be giving intensive training to these people identifying and finding contacts some of the people we find are going to have trouble being isolated for instance if they live in a home where there's only one bathroom and there are three or four other people living there and those people don't have COVID infection we're not going to be able to keep the person in that home. Every person who we're isolating, for instance, needs...
0: Yeah, we're going to take you and put you in a COVID gulag. ...needs to have
6: uh, their own bathroom. And so we'll be moving people like this into other kinds of housing that we have available.
0: What other housing? And what if it's your child that's COVID positive? Are they going to take your kid What if it's your elderly grandmother that they're going to take into another home with a bunch of other COVID people that, that you can't enter and visit? What if it's your mother? What if it's your child? You can't visit them as they die. Like I told you, the most cruel part about this is not the fact that they're letting people die, causing people to die, giving them things to die that will be surfacing soon. Uh, but they're not even allowing them to die with their loved ones. They are ripping them that right. If it was my child, I would say, I don't care if I die, man. I want to be right by my child. If it was my mother, I'd say, I don't care if I die. I want to be right by her side. But then they're making that decision for you. You are not allowed to be near your loved one as they take their last breath because we said so coronavirus. We're busy making TikTok videos in the hall though. See, this is where the hypocrisy is showing and the truth is starting to shine. Listen to what else this gentleman had to say.
8: Making sure that uh, we're sanitizing our hands when we enter buildings, thinking about how how to work more effectively while physically distancing. There is not a conflict between economics and public health. There is the need to reduce the virus burden so we can get our economy back. And there's a need to get the economy back and our healthcare system back so we don't lose lives from the interruptions that COVID is causing.
7: The the AP is reporting that the Trump administration is deciding to let the states decide when it's time to reopen instead of going along with the CDC guidelines. Do you think that's the right call here?
8: These are tough decisions. What we need to do is reopen gradually, learn lessons, try to figure out how to do that while protecting the most vulnerable people, recognizing that there are important economic activities that need to resume. Recognizing that people can go outside safely in most environments. Recognizing that there are workplace changes that can allow workplaces to reopen without risking the lives of workers and
7: others.
0: Yes, because then you can wear tracking devices where we will be able to see how much Bitcoin or cryptocurrency you can make according to your metabolism and your temperature, according to certain patents. See, this is how they start to make money. You are now going to be the currency. Now, uh, Chrisberg brought to my attention uh, earlier this morning, and I asked everyone, Hey, can you find this video? Um, It was a 60 minute segment. Segment. And I referred to this before about how the swine flu wasn't something new and how they use the same trick over and over again. And it makes you wonder just how far back they knew that what is coming after 2028 was coming. And a lot of things will be coming to light for people to understand. I mean, you have to ask, hey, Tori, how did you know this? Well, you know, if they can do it, so can I. Uh, that's the beauty of it. So what you have to think is what they're talking about. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to introduce you to a term. I don't really want to delve into it because this video, this video is actually, um, you know, 15 minutes long. So I'm going to breeze by my commercials, but I still want to play them afterwards. Um, uh, where you're going to listen, you're going to take a trip back in time to 1976 where 60 minutes played a segment about vaccines now, I've referred to this many, many, many times. I actually referred to it on the Hagman Report without making too much mention. Because again, the minute you say something, you know, people start to mm, tinfoil, conspiracy. Well, Tell me how this was a conspiracy and tell me how Yulen barenne syndrome occurred. And that is one thing that nobody knows how it occurs. It just occurs and it starts from your legs and goes up and then you're paralyzed. Uh, And you have to wonder what it is and what they've been doing. The insults that they've been giving us through our food, through our water, the fluoride, this, that, everything, all has to do with what's coming after 2028. Those are going to be some super elections, too. Um, And those will be dependent on 2024. And I hope everyone is already thinking about that. And if any of you are thinking Ted Cruz, you've learned nothing over the past three years. Now, take a listen.
9: This year, and what kind of shots will we be told to take? Remember the swine flu scare of 1976? That was the year the U.S. government told us all that swine flu could turn out to be a killer that could spread across the nation. And Washington decided that every man, woman, and child in the nation should get a shot to prevent a nationwide outbreak, a pandemic. Well, 46 million of us obediently took the shot. And now 4,000 Americans are claiming damages from Uncle Sam amounting to three and a half billion dollars because of what happened when they took that shot. By far the greatest number of the claims, two-thirds of them, are for neurological damage or even death, allegedly triggered by the flu shot. We pick up the story back in 1976, when the threat posed by the swine flu virus seemed very real, indeed.
10: This virus was the cause of a pandemic in 1918 and 1919 that resulted in over half a million deaths in the United States, as well as 20 million deaths around the world. See how easy it is to
9: protect Thus, the U.S. government's publicity machine was cranked into action to urge all America to protect itself against the swine flu menace. Influenza is serious business. During major flu epidemics, millions of people are sick and thousands die. Well, this year you can get protection. The vaccines are safe, easy to take, and they can protect you against flu. So roll up your sleeve. Protect yourself. One of those who did roll up her sleeve was Judy Roberts. She was perfectly healthy, an active woman, when in November of 1976, she took her shot. Two weeks later, she says, she began to feel a numbness starting up her legs.
11: I joked about it at that time. I said, I'll be numb to the knees by Friday if this keeps up. By the following week, I was totally paralyzed.
9: So completely paralyzed, in fact, that they had to operate on her to enable her to breathe. And for six months, Judy Roberts was a quadriplegic. The diagnosis? A neurological disorder called Guillain-Barre syndrome, GBS for short. These neurological diseases are little understood. They affect people in different ways. As you can see in these home movies taken by a friend, Judy Roberts' paralysis confined her mostly to a wheelchair for over a year. But this disease can even kill. Indeed, there are 300 claims now pending from the families of GBS victims who died, allegedly as a result of the swine flu shot. In other GBS victims, the crippling effects diminish and all but disappear. But for Judy Roberts, progress back to good health has been painful and partial. Now, I notice that your smile, Judy, is a little bit constricted. Yes, it is. Is it different from what it used to be? Very different.
11: I have uh, a greatly decreased mobility in my lips. And uh, I can't drink through a straw on the right hand side. I can't blow out birthday candles. Uh, I don't whistle anymore, for which my husband is grateful.
9: It may be a little difficult for you to answer this question, but have you recovered as much as you are going to recover?
11: Yes, this this is it.
9: So you will now have a legacy of braces on your legs for the rest of your life.
11: Yes the weakness in my hands will stay and the leg braces will stay.
9: So Judy Roberts and her husband have filed a claim against the U.S. government. They're asking 12 million dollars, though they don't expect to get nearly that much. Judy, why did you take the flu shot?
11: I'd never taken any other flu shots, but I felt like this was going to be a major epidemic. And the only way to prevent a major epidemic of a, a really deadly variety of flu was for everybody to be immunized.
9: Where did this so-called deadly variety of flu, where did it first hit back in 1976? It began right here at Fort Dixon, New Jersey in January of that year when a number of recruits began to complain of respiratory ailments, something like the common cold. An army doctor here sent samples of their throat cultures to the New Jersey Public Health Lab to find out just what kind of bug was going around here. One of those samples was from a Private David Lewis, who had left his sickbed to go on a forced march. Private Lewis had collapsed on that march, and his sergeant had revived him by mouth-to-mouth resuscitation. But the sergeant showed no signs of illness. A few days later, Private Lewis died.
11: If this disease is so potentially fatal that it's going to kill a young, healthy man, a middle-aged schoolteacher doesn't have prayer.
9: The New Jersey lab identified most of those soldiers' throat cultures as the normal kind of flu virus going around that year, but they could not make out what kind of virus was in the culture from the dead soldier and from four others who were sick. So they sent those cultures to the Federal Center for Disease Control in Atlanta, Georgia, for further study. A few days later, they got the verdict, swine flu. But that much publicized outbreak of swine flu at Fort Dix involved only Private Lewis, who died, and those four other soldiers who recovered completely without the swine flu shot.
11: If I had known at that time that the boy had been in a sickbed, got up, went out on a forced march and then collapsed and died, I would never have taken a shot.
12: The rationale for our recommendation was not on the basis of the death of uh, a single individual. But it was on the basis that when we do see a change in the characteristics of the influenza virus, it is a massive uh, public health problem in this country. Dr.
9: David Sensor, then head of the CDC, the Center for Disease Control in Atlanta, is now in private industry. He devised the swine flu program, and he pushed it. You began to give flu shots to the American people in October of 76. October 1st. By that time, how many cases of swine flu around the world? had been reported? There
12: had been uh, several reported but none confirmed. There had been cases in uh, uh, Australia that were reported by the press, uh, by the news media, there were cases in... uh, None confirmed. Did you ever uncover any other outbreaks of swine
9: flu? Anywhere in the world? No. Now nearly everyone was to receive the shot in a public health facility where a doctor might not be present. Therefore, it was up to the CDC to come up with some kind of official consent form, giving the public all the information it needed about the swine flu shot. This form stated that the swine flu vaccine had been tested. What it didn't say was that after those tests were completed, the scientists developed another vaccine. And that was the one given to most of the 46 million who took the shot. That vaccine was called X53A. Was X53A ever field tested?
12: Uh, I, I can't say I would have to, uh... It wasn't. I don't know. Well, I would think that you're in charge of the program. I would have to check, uh, the records. I haven't, uh, looked at this in some time.
9: The information form, the consent form, was also supposed to warn people about any risks of serious complications following the shot. But did it?
11: No, I had never heard of any reactions other than a sore arm, fever,
12: this sort of thing.
9: Judy Roberts' husband, Gene, also took the shot.
12: Yes, I looked at that document. I signed it. Nothing on this, said I was gonna have a heart attack, I get Guillain-Barre, which I never heard of.
9: What if people from the government, from the Center for Disease Control, what if they had indeed known about it? What would be your feeling?
11: They should have told us.
9: Did anyone ever come to you and say, you know something, fellas? There's the possibility of neurological damage if you get into a mass immunization program? No. No one ever did? No. Do you know Michael Hatwick? Yes. Mm -hmm. Dr. Michael Hatwick directed the surveillance team for the swine flu program at the CDC. His job was to find out what possible complications could arise from taking the shot and to report his findings to those in charge. Did you know ahead of time, Dr. Hatwick, that there had been case reports of neurological disorders, neurological illness, apparently associated with the injection of influenza vaccine?
12: Absolutely. You
9: did? Yes. How'd you know that? By review of the literature. So you told your superiors, the men in charge of the swine flu immunization program, about the possibility of neurological disorders? Absolutely. What would you say if I told you that your superiors say that you never told them about the possibility of neurological complications?
2: That's nonsense. I can't believe that they would say that they did not know that there were neurological illnesses associated with influenza vaccination. That simply is not true. We did know that.
12: I've said that Dr. Hatwick had never told me of uh, his feelings on this subject. and uh, he's lying. I guess you would have to um, make that assumption. Then why does this report? from your
9: own agency dated July 1976 list neurological
12: complications as a possibility I think the uh, consensus of uh, the scientific community was that the evidence relating neurologic disorders to influenza immunization uh, was such that they did not feel that this association was a real one. You didn't feel it was necessary to tell the people that information? I think that uh, over the the years, we have tried to inform the American people as, as fully as possible.
9: As part of informing Americans about the swine flu threat, Dr. Sensor's CDC also helped create the advertising to get the public to take the shot. Let me read to you from one of your own agency's memos planning the campaign to urge Americans to take the shot. The swine flu vaccine has been taken by many important persons, he wrote. Example, President Ford. Henry Kissinger, Elton John, Muhammad Ali, Mary Tyler Moore, Rudolph Nureyev, Walter Cronkite, Ralph
12: Nader, Edward Kennedy, etc., etc. True? Uh, I'm not familiar with that particular piece of paper, uh, but I do know that at least of that group, President Ford did take the vaccination. Did you talk to these people beforehand to find out if they planned to take the shot? I did not know. Did anybody? I do not know. Did
9: you get permission to use their names in your campaign? I do not know. Mary, did you take a swine flu shot?
11: No, I did not.
9: Did you give them permission to use your name saying that you had or were going to?
11: Absolutely not, never did.
9: Did you ask your own doctor about taking the swine flu shot?
11: Yes, and at the time he thought it might be a good idea. Um, But I resisted it because I was leery of having the symptoms that sometimes go with that kind of inoculation. So you didn't? No, I didn't.
9: Have you spoken to your doctor since?
11: Yes. And? He's delighted that I didn't take that shot
9: you're in charge somebody's in charge there are this is your advertising strategy that I have a copy of here who's it signed by this one is
12: unsigned but you you'll acknowledge that it was your baby so to speak. it uh, could have been from uh, Department of Health Education and Welfare could be from CDC I don't know I'll be happy to take uh, responsibility for it it's been three years now since you fell ill with GBS
5: right? Right.
9: Has the federal government, in your estimation, played fair with you about your claim?
0: Remember, I've played this clip for you before because it was important and it was over a year ago. Just remember that.
9: No, I don't
11: think so. Uh, It seems to be dragging on and on and on. And really, no end in sight that I can see at this point.
2: With respect to the cases of Guillaume Varre. Former Secretary of H.E.W.
9: Joseph Califano, too, was disturbed that there was no end in sight. So a year and a half ago, he promised that Uncle Sam would cut the bureaucratic red tape for victims suffering from G.B.S. and would pay up quickly.
2: We shouldn't hold them to an impossible or too difficult standard of proving that they were hurt. Even if we pay a few people a few thousand dollars that might not have deserved it, I think justice requires that we promptly pay those people who do deserve it. Who's making the decision to be so hard-nosed about settling? Well, I assume the uh, Justice Department is. Griffin Uh, Bell before he left? Well, the Justice Department agreed to the statement I made. It was cleared word for word uh, with the lawyers in the Justice Department by my HEW lawyers. And that statement said, in effect, that, that statement said that we should pay uh, Guillaume Barre claims without regard to whether the federal government was negligent if they re- if they resulted from the swine flu shot. I think the government knows it's wrong.
11: If it drags out long enough, that people <clears throat> will just give up,
12: <laughs> let it go. I, I am a little more adamant in my thoughts than my wife is because uh, I asked, told Judy to take the shot. She wasn't going to take it, and uh, she never had had shots and. Uh, I'm mad with my government because they knew the facts but they didn't release those facts because they, if they had released them, the people wouldn't have taken it.
0: Hi, I'm from the government. I'm here to help.
12: And they can come out tomorrow and tell me there's going to be an epidemic and they can drop off like flies to next me. I will not take another shot that my government tells me to take.
9: Meantime, Judy Roberts and some 4,000 others like her are still waiting for their day
12: in court.
0: So. If my government tells me to take another shot, I will not take it. Uh, Well, you know, in California and in some states, you won't have a choice, will you? that's the thing. You won't have a choice soon because your health directors are going to be removing your kids, removing your family, your mothers, your fathers, your grandfathers, grandmothers, dogs, cats. And if you want to get a job, you better obey. You better do it. Oh, wait a minute. Did you just disrespect me and say that I have to show you why I'm forcing you to do something? How dare you take some jail time because you have a big mouth. That should tell you everything you need to know. I played this a year ago, said it was important. You know, sometimes I know, I know a lot of people are like, whoa, Tori, sometimes you put things in your article that I don't understand. Sometimes you play things or you jump into a topic that I don't understand. But think about it. Those of you that have been listening, see how this works now. Remember what we were talking about? We were talking about power and them forcing us to do things and how they won't, you know, you know, give you back. And this was when I was talking about for my Medicare listener base or those that have loved ones that are on Medicare that are over 65 that I told you, do not let the visiting nurse practitioner come to their house, even if it's free. They don't want to help you. They want to collect data. Remember that episode? I played this clip and it was very important because it was going to come in the future. But you know... Uh, There's other people that are saying things that, you know, other forums, uh, boards, uh, tweeters, uh, whatever, that tell you things and, you know, they drop things and, oh, it's just not accurate. If it's not accurate, then why is everyone going after it? So for me, I like eggs, Easter eggs. You know, uh, maybe it's because I'm a gamer and I like to play video games. I don't know. But... Easter eggs are great because they hatch when they need to hatch. And that was an Easter egg that's hatching right now. So this is where you need to open your eyes to what has been happening, not just now, for decades. Now, to those of you that support my work and help me and are subscribed to my Subscribestar, 4 p.m. today, I have put together a piece on this. Because I'm going to tell you something that I've kind of said on air and I shouldn't say, I mean, I could, but I don't want to spend that time just on that. On what I reported in regards to that swine flu vaccine and why I was fired and how it was a very detrimental, you know, how that guy was like, well, you know, it does this. Well, I said something else. And it turns out, just in summary, just so you understand, that these vaccines that they have been giving you and your children, not just for flus and others, are purposely done so to slow down your own innate immune response and you are being tested. Remember, it's not, remember we talked about the soldier in New Jersey, right? We talked about it, how, you know, he was a soldier and they experimented on their own soldiers with vaccines that were provided to them because as members of the military, you are no longer your own property. You are government property. That's why you can't get a tattoo. You understand that, right? So we have to understand this to the T, how this works. You are no longer your property. So they were using them, but they can't use the people that are there to defend them after that period because people didn't want to join anymore, right? Joining the military was not so popular anymore and it's not mandatory. So, you know, you got to think, and take a step back sometimes because I'm unleashing some super fire right now. So for my subscribers, you're going to have that. It's like 40 minutes. It's actually rendering right now. Um, and I have figured out, uh, you know, how to put it up there just for you. It's, it's going to be pretty awesome. And, um, you're going to understand not only what I have been saying, cause I've said it, but here it's going to be more concise, but you know, the pandemic movie that you saw kind of says it too. Because remember, every person looks at everything with their own eyes, with their own know-how, right? Just like that doctor on CBS, he's talking because he needs that data. He needs that data because he really believes, and he knows, that something is to come and they need to know how to fix it. So all these years, you were just a guinea pig and they have been pushing advertisements and bombarding you on how you have to do it. So again, look at what the Democrats want. They want testing. And what is the White House saying? It's ridiculous to have to test everyone, but they need your data. They need it. So now they're going to implement it in a way. Well, if you want to come to work, we got to test you. Whoa, wait a minute. Nope. That's a big bucket of nope. So we need to figure out how that's unconstitutional and thank God that we have Schneider sitting up at the Eastern district of Michigan, right, right there. So he can take a look at that because if any one of you are requested by your work to be tested in order to work, you should file a complaint. And say, I'm filing a complaint. If you're unionized, that's great. You can use that. But you know, the union is Democratic, so they're really not going to back you. They're a Democrat lobby. But you know, you can try. The first thing you need to do is make that phone call to Schneider and say, I am being forced to provide a sample of my DNA in order to work. They are blackmailing me to provide personal identifying information that is not required to do my, you need to call and you need to complain. And for all you nurses and doctors that suddenly get woke after all these TikTok videos, maybe you should do the same while working at a hospital, how they force you to take that flu vaccine. Maybe you should do the same and say, they're forcing me to do it. They're saying it's mandatory and they can't prove that it works. File a lawsuit. Man, you're going to get a lot of money when you do it. So for all of you out there, take heed. You've been warned. And I've been talking about this for two years now, ever so with other topics, because sometimes you just have to drip, drip, drip in order to let it you know, roll out because as it drips, you see the pants falling down, right? And remember, think about it this way when you're wearing pants, right? Your belt is what is the hero of your pants, right? To hold them up. Everybody forgets the belt loops though, because the belt is nothing without a belt loop. So remember you're the belt loop and our president is that belt. So the more stronger your voice is little belt loop. More effective that belt is. Unsung heroes. So just get at it. Doesn't mean you have to rebel and go out in the streets or break stuff. Rebel where you can using the law, like this woman did in Texas. So I have that article. I still have that video. I'm still trying to make it concise because, you know, I like to delve in my articles. But here's the concern everyone's like, oh my gosh, he threw her in jail. Here's the thing. His words are what are concerning here, you guys. His words are concerning. What were his words? You're going to apologize because you disrespected elected officials, or else you're going to jail. Say what? You told me that I'm going to go to jail because I disrespected that. Let me tell you something. If I was that woman, I would have started saying they're this, 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 this profanity at least I would have been all over the place and I have a first amendment right to say what I want and I can disrespect you and every other clown because my vote puts you where you are. You work for me. I don't work for you. And what this judge did, what this judge did, first of all, made her rich great. She deserves it because she is a belt loop. That's solid. She is a solid stainless steel belt loop on that belt, on those pants that our president is trying to pull up in our nation. She deserves it. I don't have money, but you know what? Somebody had sent me, um, $10 for cigarettes. I sent it to her. I mean, that's how we do things guys. I mean, I need it. (laughs) but she deserves it, you know, and uh, you know, those $10 are going to come somewhere else, right guys? That's the way it goes, right? You put, you get, you put it out into the universe. It comes back to you 20 times, doesn't it guys? So this is where we're at. We had a judge that has now made you standing up for your first amendment, right? Standing up for the rights that the constitution affords you will throw you in jail because it's disrespect. You know, the grandstanding that I saw from the governor, lieutenant governor, and the AG, yeah, they're like, oh, no, this is wrong. Oh, the the lieutenant governor, I'm paying for this. The AG was like, we sent him this, which I'm writing a piece on what that means. But you know what? It shouldn't have been done like that. It should have been done because if I was governor Abbott, I'd be like, yo, I'm the governor. I'm, I'm executing or executive ordering your tush right off that bench. And then you can sue me because after that, I'm going to sue you for the money spent on the court. I'm going to sue you on behalf of this. And (laughs) that's the way it's going to go. That's what I would have done. But see what the governor did and the AG did, right? Was save themselves taxpayer dollars. Right. They said, well, all the people will rally behind her and there'll be a GoFundMe. We'll contribute. So that'll initiate everyone else. So that way she can't sue the state because we're going to fire him anyway. See, they're smart. They were thinking about their pockets where, where, you know, I get it. Governor Abbott doesn't want to pay multi, multi million dollars. He's like, just let her get a million dollars out of it and we're good. And we'll get rid of this judge rather than him show Texans. You know what? We did it i am taking responsibility for it. This guy's out. Sue us. I'm ready. I I got it. We have to pay her. Done. There's going to be court and we're going to settle it. By him dismissing him, by the Texas Supreme Court saying, validate your response on what warranted, just like I said yesterday, dangerous precedent. She didn't break a law. She didn't break a law. Why would you jail her? Why would you jail her and fine her? What law did she break? Texas Supreme Court said so. But here's the thing. Guys, even though that's a win, that's really a loss because it shows you that they still cover their butts. It's they still cover It's self-preservation. No. Why get the Texas Supreme court like that? You know what you should have done? Number one. Executive order, you're gone. Boom. Five minutes after his decision. The minute that woman had handcuffs on her and he entered that order, he would have been removed with handcuffs for violating the Constitution and the oath of office. That is number one. I would have done that. Second, second, then I would have demanded her release by having it done so by the Texas Supreme Court. Done. And then I would have allowed her to file and sue the state because I deserve it for having judges like that sitting on a bench. That's the right way to do it. And that's the way you take responsibility. And because you take responsibility, maybe the woman would have said, that's okay. I don't want it because that's what I would have done. I would have been like, damn, I could get like 20 million. I could get 200 million from the state because I deserve it because they violated the basic foundations of this nation, which is my right as a citizen, free speech to do this, to do that. All my rights were violated in one go. I could sue them, but you know what? She's so honorable and I'm pretty sure she would have done this and said, that's okay. I would like that money to stay within my state. We will not allow this to ever happen again. And one of the most strictest constitutional foundations would have been set for Texas, but you know, again, self-preservation And they did it with the other process. And, you know, I should have published this article yesterday, but like I said, I've got a million things to do. You know, I'm not just on Twitter and Facebook, you know, elsewhere too. I'm not just on the radio, you know, elsewhere too. And I have a job and I have a family. So I'm sorry for not getting that out to you because I wanted to put the two things, but you know, it's better in retrospect to look and analyze what they did and what they should have done, even though both gave a good outcome, the best outcome He's having honor. Okay? That's my point. It's all about making the honorable decision, right, guys? Honorable decision. The right decision would have been I strike you with I am executing executive ordering your butt off that bench. That would have been the lay the you know the law of the land right there. And every single other judge that might have had an idea to do something like that would have not even thought about it again the minute they take that judge off in handcuffs. But no, they chose the self-preservation so they don't get sued. Because how are you going to sue the state that's supporting you now? You can't. So that, um, you know, for me was a problem. Take a listen to Tucker's little segment with her attorney.
3: Thanks so much for coming on. So your client me. is in jail right now? That's correct. He remanded her to the sheriff's department while we were in the court yesterday. So she was such a threat to the city of Dallas that there couldn't be a period between conviction and sentencing. She just had to go right to jail.
13: Oh, That's correct, because she committed the actual crime of heresy against the city of Dallas and its uh, uh, oligarchy that decided that real criminals could go to jail but people who were heretics uh, or people who are real criminals could be let out but, but the heretics could go to jail
0: um, everybody you know how Mark Cuban pulls out this fake sword he's from Dallas right did he donate to her campaign did he say what's going on is wrong no we didn't you see where the multi-billionaires just chime in when they want to I, I just wanted to point that out
13: and and he demanded that she admit she was being selfish and being offensive and apologize to everybody, he actually said, I want you to apologize for being selfish. And so, of course, she wasn't being selfish, she's just trying to earn a dollar, like all of these people that are hurting. So, all these salons, all these people, they only get paid when they do haircuts. They're contractors, there's no government funds for those guys. Even Shelly, who's a salon owner, could have access to some funds, which she received recently. But, But her business family have no
3: funds, and she only received that recently. And so this buffoon hack judge, really the most entitled person in Dallas, decides she must be in prison. Let me just ask you a question since you are an attorney. Uh, she violated the law, but my understanding is laws are passed by legislatures, by elected officials. Right. This so-called law is just a decree. I don't understand right. how that's a law and how you can go to jail f- because you violated it.
13: Well, we have, we have a, a law that says that you can be enjoined from breaking an ordinance, so then we have a mayor that says, I'm going to announce the fourth amended emergency regulations, and they have the force and effect of laws. They're not laws, but that's what they are. So what we've seen, Tucker, in, is that uh, this This emergency has exposed all the tiny tyrants for who they are uh, they 've got this glimpse of power, and man they 're going to show everybody exactly what to do and so if you don 't follow exactly what they do, then here 's a man who says and, and we can take we can say that we understand the virus is serious without saying look we 're all going to be walking dead zombies next month right We can do what 's reasonable uh, and so this man believes well it 's a it 's an a, epidemic, and we have to do something. But he's effect. If he believes that, then what he's doing is he's saying, "You get a potential death sentence because I'm sending you to the jail that we're kicking sure. our criminals right. out of." So serious business. Yeah,
3: I have the feeling if she was here illegally from another country, there the chances are—let me just calculate—zero <laughs> that she would be in jail uh, right right now. So I'm, we're just getting word that the lieutenant governor of Texas, Dan Patrick, has offered to take her place in jail to pay her seven thousand dollars fine do you think that would be a a sufficient burnt offering for moses over there on your bench or or no
13: no no he it, he she has to bend the knee i mean that's that's what he wants and in the order
3: even in the order
13: for contempt that he says if you will but express contrition and 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 apologize then we could it, we could look at doing this. And we could fix this. The idea that Dan Patrick or anybody could take the place is, is not going to be
3: sufficient. They, they want her to bend the knee. Nothing else will suffice. Is that allowed? I mean, I don't know where you know, I'm not that familiar with the Texas legal code, but is there a law in Texas that says you have to grovel before morons who are wearing robes? Is that part of the law there or is that just something he made up from the bench?
13: I appear before a lot of judges, Tucker, so I can't say that too much. But I can tell you that there's—I've never seen that. I've never seen, that. and I've had judges that are mad at me. But I've never had a judge say, "You must admit how selfish you're being in order to grant me mer- for me to grant you mercy." You know, he didn't have to do that. He could have said, "Look, I know you're just trying to earn a living, but I've got to enforce the law, so I'm going to hit you with five hundred dollars a day and, and let you go." He could have done that, uh, but that wasn't what he wanted. He want. He, re- he wants the contrition. He wants that apology.
3: Well, he's, he's like a power drunk third grade teacher. Can't chew the gum unless you have enough for everybody. Was that part of his order too? Don't, ask, don't answer that. Pure speculation. Uh, Warren, <laughs> thank you for coming on tonight. And good luck to your client. Uh, more than good luck. We're rooting for her. This is an awful thing that's happened. And I hope it awakens fa- people to what's happening in a lot of places.
0: It is happening in a lot of places. Thank you, Tucker. Because see, the judges not only want you to bend the knee to them and to elected officials, but they will even allow civil suits, right, by elected officials to force you to bend the knee to them and violate your rights right at it. So that's, you know, my time for that is not yet. I still have to wait another nine months apparently. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to wait another nine months because that's how it's going to come out. You know, it's happening in a lot of places, not just with this pandemic guys, but for political dissidents, anyone that dare raises their voice, their hand or throw out facts. I mean, hmm, you know, It doesn't take a lot. It takes one person. And you know, a person that thinks they can change the world are considered crazy. Well, then all of us are fine with that title now, aren't we? We're fine with the title of crazy because we're crazy enough to think that we're going to change this. And guess what? We are. Because things like this have now occurred
10: our breaking news at the top of the hour, the Justice Department releasing a long-awaited memo that reveals the scope of the Mueller probe was much broader than anyone previously thought. John Roberts is live at the White House with more details. Good morning, John. Hey, good morning to you. This lightly redacted memo was handed to Robert Mueller back on August the 7th of 2017. It shows that the then Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein had given Mueller a much more wide ranging playing field than had been known before. We had previously been told that the investigation was to look into any links and or coordination between the Russian government and individuals associated with the campaign of President Donald Trump and any matters that arose or may arise directly from that investigation. Now we learn that Rosen Stein had given Mueller much more specificity and had tasked him to look into five individuals: Carter Page, Paul Manafort, George Papadopoulos, Michael Flynn, and a redacted individual. We do not know who that person was. Mueller was told to look into whether Paige Manafort and Papadopoulos had colluded with Russia in the 2016 election. He was also told to look into whether payments Manafort received for work with Ukraine were a crime. He was told to look into whether Papadopoulos acted as an unregistered agent of Israel and whether Michael Flynn committed a crime by speaking to Russian officials during the transition, then lied to the FBI about those contacts and failed to report contacts on a security clearance uh, um, form, as well as acting as an unregistered agent for Turkey. Now, Carter Page is the only one of the group who has not either been convicted of a crime or pled guilty. Senator Lindsey Graham, who requested the scope memo, says Mueller's appointment had no legal justification because it was based on a disavowed dossier on the Trump campaign and that Flynn had been cleared by the FBI before agents, including Peter Strzok, insisted on interviewing him. Here's what Graham said. The legal foundation for Mueller's appointment is crumbling. So now we know that the scope of the investigation was to look at Carter, Page, Flynn, Papadopoulos, and Manafort as to whether or not they were working with the Russians. And this from former Navy SEAL and current Texas Congressman Dan Crenshaw in the last hour.
8: They had an idea. They had a conclusion. They had a crime that they wanted to prove, and they gave themselves the power to try and prove it. This is this is a horrible, uh, horrible precedent to set. Okay, it goes against, again, every foundation we have in jurisprudence, in law, in due process.
10: That scope memo was the second of three. The third on October the 20th expanded the investigation even further to include Michael Cohen, Rick Gates, as well as Roger Stone and some others. So this thing just sort of kept growing and growing and growing, even though, as Senator Lindsey Graham suggests, the entire underlying premise for the whole thing had been disavowed Ed? John Roberts. Thanks for the update, Sandra.
0: Interesting, huh? Interesting. So I think I found um, that clip of Dan Coates laughing business. about um, President Trump when he found out about Putin's, um, uh, what was it? Invitation. Uh, the thing that made my stomach the House turn. has announced
7: on Twitter that Vladimir Putin breaking news. The White House has announced on Twitter that Vladimir Putin is coming to the White House in the fall.
6: Say
0: that again. <laughs> <laughs> Who's laughing now? <laughs> you... Vladimir Putin. Coming did I hear to the... you? Yeah, I hear yeah. you. Yeah. 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 Did he hear right? Yeah. Listen, guys, can we all laugh together? <laughs> Loser. See, I called that out in 2018 in the summer when I saw that at the Aspen security forum, you know, that conference where I am telling you, I am telling you that Rod Rosenstein met with Glenn Simpson. There's pictures, right? Where Rod Rosenstein met with Glenn Simpson, where they met with everybody talking and colluding in side rooms. Oh, dear. Let's, 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 let's put the laughter on for us now. Vladimir Putin, coming Did to I hear the, you?
6: Yeah, yeah, you. yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
2: That's going to be special.
0: (laughs) Yeah, totally is. Special delivery, dude. Special delivery, and it is two years to the date where it's going to be delivered to you. That's what I want to (laughs) see.
7: In Helsinki, the president was alone with Vladimir Putin for two hours, more than two hours, with only translators. Basically, how do you know what happened? You were on the dark side of the moon. How do you have any idea what happened in
0: that meeting? Well,
6: you're right. I don't know what happened in that meeting.
0: And you're never going to know. You know what? Because you're a loser. That's why you're never going to know because no one wants you to know because you're never going to know. You know what? You're going to know when it's time to head for Gitmo. (laughs) That's when he's going to know. On that note, guys, God bless. I'll see you all tomorrow, same time, same place. And for my subscribe star, it'll be up at 4 p.m. Eastern. Much love. God bless.